morning, everybody. So, in case you hadn't figured it out, um, you can just count on us being late because of who we are as people. So, <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's kind of a public service. A lot of people are like, you know, show up late on Sunday morning, like, yes, Greg's not here yet. So, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, this morning I was just sitting there, bleary-eyed with my coffee in the living room, like, I should get ready now, but couch, comfortable. <laughs> so. ah, Jesus, we just thank You so much for Your Word to us, for Your love and all that You've done for us. God, how could we uh, thank You enough for all that You are and all that You've done? God, we just praise You this morning. God, I just pray that You would... Uh, raise our sense of expectation this morning, God, and that we would um, have our hearts and our ears opened to, to what you have to say this morning. God, I pray that your anointing would move in uh, in our hearts, God, that you would prepare this word with the fire of your Holy Spirit, God, and that you would accomplish in your people what only you can. God, we, uh, we need you, God, to, to do what only you do. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Go with me to Isaiah 50. So, happy Father's Day to all of you out there. I figure there's plenty of folks that are, plenty of guys that are dads, and you know, happy Father's Day to all you ladies out there that uh, helped us become fathers. We appreciate that. So,. Yes, indeed. So, Isaiah 50. <clears throat> and I am going to start... Uh, hmm. uh, why not one, I suppose? Uh, Thus saith the Lord, where is the bill of your mother's divorcement whom I put away? Or which of my creditor, creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities you, have you sold yourselves, and your for your transgressions is your mother put away. So that's kind of a, an interesting statement. Um, and of course, um, you know, as you read through the Old Testament, you can see how you know how Israel has, had done that very thing. You know, and and as you read through the prophets, you know God um, you know, basically tells them, "Hey, we're getting a divorce. I'm, not, I'm, I'm done with this." And uh, uh, not a you know not a good place for them to have ended up, of course. Um, uh, but he and he says that they've they've sold themselves uh, into those iniquities. He says, "Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? Uh, when I called." And it was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? It's interesting when God asks questions like that. It's like, like, can I not fix this? Am I not big enough to handle your problems? Um, and uh, you know, but He says, He says, why, why was there no one when I came? Why, why was there no one to answer? 
you know, and of course Israel had gotten awfully busy about their own things and uh, uh, baking their cakes to the Queen of Heaven and all that stuff that they did. You know, and it is super easy to to uh, um, to get involved in in stuff and uh, and and not pay any attention to the things that God tells us. Um, uh, but you know, he so he kind of asks this you know, somewhat rhetorical question as to you know as, as whether or not he you know is is powerless or no. Uh, and he says, "Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem, or have I no power to deliver? Behold, at my rebuke I dry up the sea, and I make the rivers a wilderness. Their fish stinks because there's no water, and dies for thirst. I clothe the heavens with blackness and make sackcloth their covering." Yeah, and I love it because God says stuff sometimes, and we're just like, it's like I read that, you know. I read that and it's like I have no idea what you mean, but I get the idea that that your very your very word is enough to drive the sea. So powerful then. Okay. Um, so it says the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakens morning by morning and he wakens my ear to to hear as the learned. The Lord has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. It's interesting because it seems like all of a sudden he kind of switches into this mode of, of like this this prophecy of the Messiah, this prophecy of Jesus, and um, so you know it's like he's you know he's he's talked about Israel needing redeemed about humanity needing. Redemption, and then he, and then he switches over to this this thought of this this uh, this savior that he's that he's going to send. Um, and he says that he's given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that's weary. Um, so he wouldn't expect that necessarily to be the first thing he would say after talking about them getting all tied up in all this sin and busyness and stuff. You wouldn't. You would think he wouldn't say something about you know, um, bringing a word to somebody that's weary. But you know, living life on your own steam will leave you weary. You know, and um, there, it's funny how uh, your 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 flesh nature. You know, it's no wonder he says to reckon it dead because it will continually try and pound at your door. And 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 be like, hey, let's do this. Hey, let's do this. And, uh, and it's a wearying thing. And and it, um, the the funny thing is, is it's like it's like being a teenager, and uh, your friends say, hey, let's go do this thing. This is going to be really fun. And you know, about three in the morning, you're thinking, this isn't fun anymore. I want to go home. <laughs> You know? So those of you who are chuckling, I'm sure you've been out at three in the morning thinking, "I want to go home now." But um, but there's a, a definitely a, a wearying thing that happens when we live life our own way, you know. And and you know the 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 flesh would tell you that it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be so wearisome to serve God. It's going to be this 
boring thing. You're not going to have any fun. It's just going to be all work and uh, and all that. But uh, um, but he says that that God has uh, has given him a tongue of the learned to to know how to speak a word in season to him that's weary. So you know the great thing is is that God knows how to put that in you and and in me and and we encourage one another but uh, sometimes you just you know you need that encouragement from him and he says in verse 5 the lord has opened my ear i was not rebellious neither turned away back i gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair i hid not my face from shame and spitting for the lord god will help me therefore shall i not be confounded Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. He is near that justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. The Lord God will help me. Who is he that will condemn me? They shall all wax old as a garment, and the moth shall eat them up. Who is among you that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servant, that walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. I love verse 10. It says, Who is among you that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servant, and walks in darkness and has no light? Nobody. Because that doesn't happen when you, when you, when you, I mean, you go through places where you don't, you may not know exactly what you're doing. I mean, and we've all been through those places where it feels like we are just sort of, uh, you know, walking over the over the chasm with no handrails and nothing visible underneath your feet. Um, but uh, uh, because, of course, we learn to trust God. But but he he says that that if you fear God and obey His voice, you know, are you going to walk in darkness? No. Um, so I've always really I, I love that I love that. Uh, Scripture because it's a it's an interesting question, but but the thing I wanted to go back to is uh, I was thinking about verse seven yesterday because he says Lord God will help me therefore I shall not be confounded I have set my face like a flint and I know that I shall not be ashamed. There's so much of what we deal with in in our walk with God that you know there are things that God tells you to do. And he expects you to do it because he knows that you can, and and because he gives you power. And then there are things that that he tells you to do that he's going to do in you because his word has creative power. Like, you know, be therefore perfect. You know, you know, because whenever I read that, I just always go back to Genesis one where he says, "Let there be light." You know, because because God knows how to do those things and 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 get us to those places that we could never get on our own. Um, but uh, uh, you know, there's there's so often that we 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 have this this thought, this this idea that's like, man, I've I've got to do this stuff. I, I've got to you know, I got to pull myself up by my bootstraps and 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 get it done and and do the things that that uh, and be all that God wants me to be. You know, and. Uh, the the problem with that is is that um, is that so often we fall short and then when we fall short of this idea of what we feel like we should be doing or or that we know that that 
the Word of God tells us He expects from us, uh, then uh, then we have this sense of, wow, now I'm not doing so well. And uh, you know, God must not be happy with me now because I didn't do X, Y, and Z and, and stuff, you know. Um, one of my kids was really... I don't know if he just woke up on the wrong side of the bed or what, but it was just really uncharacteristically quiet and cratty and, and uh, you know, kind of poked and prodded at him all day trying to kind of get some answers out of him. It's like, what's going on with you, you know? And, uh, um, you know, and I, I think it really was mostly just a case of being tired and grouchy as, as happens to people. I think we all have the right to wake up tired and grouchy from time to time. Um, you know, it's like the thing where they they talk about it. it's like sometimes I wake up grumpy and sometimes I let them sleep in, but <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but you know it's like I wasn't you know I was not happy with some of the behaviors that happened, but I wasn't out to. Uh, and I'll stomp on the behavior because it was unacceptable. It was like, what is going on here? You know, what what what's bothering you? Talk talk to me about this. You know, and you know, and you know, God called Himself, you know, a counselor. You know, a mighty God, everlasting Father. And it's like He wants to, you know, if you're having one of those moments, you know, then God wants to sort through it with you, and uh, and and bring you to bring you to right conclusions, bring you to peace on the thing. He's not. Not out to just um, uh, you know get on to you for the the most minor infractions, but um, I just I think this is such an interesting scripture how it says that I've set my face like flint because of course Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem and 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 he he was set on this path that that he knew was laid before him and that was what he was going to do. Regardless, that he was going on that path, and there is a sense of discipline in life that, when you decide this is the thing that I'm going to do, and this is the way that the direction I'm going, that uh, the discipline will take you quite a ways, actually. Um, but it's not the thing that makes the pearly gates swing open, and it's one of those things that that you know, Christians have wrestled with for centuries, I suppose. Uh, it's that sense of you know where does the doing stop and the and the uh, and, and the God doing things begin? Where where do those those mesh together? But so He leads us through those things. Um, but the thing that I, I was thinking about the Scripture, it's like there's so much of what God expects from us, or that He wants to do in us, or for us, or to us, that has to do with that sense of making up our mind. That's that's what I that's what I read when I read. I set my face like flint. It's like I have my mind made up that this is what I'm going to do. And so, uh, you know, Paul made up his mind that he was he was going God's direction. God told him to go to Rome, and he made up his mind. Okay, God said we're going to Rome. We're going to Rome. And uh, but once he made up his mind, what happened to him? Got arrested, and and then he eventually he ended up in chains on a boat going for Rome, a boat that God told him was going to sink, but God told him he was going to Rome. 
So, but so Paul making up his mind put him in this place where he couldn't back out now because he was chained to the boat. And so, uh, there's a lot of times where you know we we go through things where we just we we have to make up our mind day after day after day. It's like this is the direction I'm going. God help me. And and then there are times when you make up your mind and before you know it you find yourself chained to the boat and you're just, you're just going. Uh so but when we the you know he says the Lord God will help me therefore I will not be confounded. I've set my face like a flint and I know that I should not be ashamed. Now in this word ashamed it means ashamed or or you know anything else that you might associate with the word ashamed. But the root word means uh, terror, or or like uh, or like turning pale, like from fear. And so, um, you know, when you make up your mind that you're going to do something, what what usually happens is opposition. You usually, have something it's like, yeah, but what about this? It's like it's like I'm going to fast today, and then it's like, hey, I brought donuts. Oh. <laughs> You know, it's like, hey, it's like, all right, I want to fast today. It's like, hey, we're going to go out for Chinese today. Dang it. <laughs> so, well, okay. You know, um, so, you know, so what is the thing that, that brings us past that? You know, how do you, how do you stay with that sense of, of, well, this is the thing that I was going to do. Part of it is discipline. Uh, you have to, you have to want the, the thing bad enough to stick with it, and uh, and and that's what the love of God does to us. Is there's the sense of well, I love Him, and maybe it's not necessarily always an ooey gooey sort of thing. Sometimes it's like, well, this is the choice that I made, and and I love Him. I know He loves me, and regardless of how I might feel, uh, this is the choice that I made. So this is the direction that I'm going to go. And if you, you know, for those of you who have been married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Not every day is all ooey gooey wonderful fun, unless you're married to Cynthia. But um, <laughs> there are days that are just boring, and there are days that are difficult, and there are, you know, entire seasons where you just wish you were somewhere else. But you've made a choice, and you don't get to back out of the choice. It's like you're chained to the boat. That's why we wear wedding rings. But <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to me. <laughs> um, but. You know, but the love of God really does do that to us, and we—it's uh, like, well, I chose Him, and and even though I don't feel particularly ooey gooey today, I know that I know that He's on my team, and I know that that I'm going His direction, and I I, I won't be confounded. I'm not going to be ashamed because He's 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 with me, and He's He's leading me the direction that we're going. So. 
the other thing you know that's interesting about the sense of having your mind made up um, is that it's like well there's a lot of things where it doesn't matter how well you have your mind made up or how bad you want something you can just get derailed sometimes and you know like like, you know what, I'm going to lose like 30 pounds. And then it's like, you know, what? hey, there's a Chipotle right there, you know. And it's like, it doesn't matter how motivated you are or how bad you want it. That's totally beside the point. It's like, there's Chipotle. You know, and so, uh, it's like, what do you mean get it without the tortilla? Pfft. You kidding? Bowl. Yeah, whatever. But... um so, so how can we, how how can we make up our our mind? How how do we set our face like flint and and not be moved off of it? Well, it's because right here in verse six, he's, Jesus is just talking. He says, "I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to them that plucked off my hair, and I hid not my face from shame and spitting." So it's like the the thing that that Jesus did for us. The the the. We, we take it so casually and, and we don't think about what the, the price that he really paid because we don't see it you know with our eyes we don't it feels like it was a really long time ago and you know and the land far far away and all that stuff you know but it, but it really is a real thing and you know when you, when you think about you think about Jesus, you know, living his life just like you and I, and and thinking and and having this revelation of that he's this sacrifice that, that God has ordained, and thinking, wow, actually, I was kind of looking forward to growing up and having a family, and and you know, it's like I was going to carry on Joseph's carpentry shop and everything, and I was going to make cool stuff and just live my life, or not, you know, and. Uh, and it's you know there's just something despicable about human nature that would, is more than happy to let somebody else uh, suffer for you, pay the price. It's like well, better him than me, you know. And you know, you know, but but you know, Jesus's thought was better me than him, you know. And so, uh, and you know, when you you think about how you know he didn't have to do those things, he could have bailed himself out and, and yet he didn't because he had to stay set like a flint. And and the the thing that he had was he had the Spirit of God to to carry him through. And and that's the thing that I'm talking about about discipline. I'm not talking about like just flexing your muscles and I want to do this. I'm just you know it starts there. It starts with the I'm making up my mind, this is what I'm going to do and then uh, this that it's like I'm going your direction. It makes me think of of uh, what Martin Luther told them at the the Diet at Worms, when when he said I they they wanted him to back away from the things that he'd said. They wanted him to take it all back and recant of it and all that. And he said I I I cannot. I will not. You know, here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. You know, and I like how he he just ends this thing with God help me. You know, because that's the thing that happens when we set our face like a flint. It's like, okay, so this is the thing that I'm going to do. God help me. You know, and and when you, you know, when you throw your eggs in His basket, He will help you. 
and and he and he'll and he'll carry you through because uh, I, I listened to this song once where this guy's talking about how it's like you know I've I've done all this stuff before I've come to the altar so many times and I've done this and that and it's like you know I, you know how do I not lose my follow through between you know coming to the altar and then leaving church. You know, and it's like, well, and I've listened to that song, and I was like, wow, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I feel you. But I was like, man, it's the Holy Ghost is the difference. That's the follow-through, is the power of God in you getting the stuff done. But you have to let it, and you have to choose it. And uh, so, um, go with me over, well, actually, hang on. I think I had a few more things I wanted to talk about here. Um you know, in uh, I'm going to read verse seven again because I want you to memorize it. The Lord God will help me; therefore, shall I not be confounded? Therefore, have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. He is near that justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they shall all wax old as a garment, and the moth shall eat them up. So. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's an awesome thing when you when you come to that place of recognizing that God it really is God that justifies you. It's not the it's not the the stuff that I could do or you know the things that I I don't do uh, or any of that stuff. But but that it's like wow, God actually is the one that that justifies me. That's why I'm not ashamed. And that's that's why I'm not confounded. It's because He gave us back to the smiters. It's because He's the one that that justified me. Uh, go with me over to Romans 4 right quick, and I'll wrap up with this. And we won't eat in too much into your donut time. I don't think there's any donuts. but uh, And I'm just going to uh, just kind of buzz down through here pretty quick. In Romans 4, uh, starting in 13. Uh, For the promise that he should be heir to the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, then faith is made void, and the promise is made of none effect. Because the law works wrath, and where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it's a faith that it might be by grace, to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Excuse me, not to that only which is of the law, but that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. So, you know, the you know he's, he's talking about you know the the sense of the law carries the sense of like the things that you can do and things that you don't do and all that stuff. And and he says that that the that this righteousness that that Abraham had didn't come from there because this was you know this was before the law altogether. And and so, so he made this he made this promise to Abraham that he was going to cut his flesh off, and and that was that um, that, that he was going to get that done, um, and uh, and of course he says that it was uh, it was a faith that might be by grace so that it was sure to all the seed because not everybody um, is the super disciplined I can do this kind of person, and and. In fact, uh, you know, God said that nobody could measure up to the standard that He had, because He said to you know be perfect, 
and no, uh, and and he said that there's you know none righteous, no, not one, all that, and so he God's put us all in that same boat, which is a super blessing because there's always like that like Superman Christian that you just wish you could be like, but uh, you know, but God puts us all in the same boat, and Superman Christian needs God just as bad as you do, and he and he comes in the same way you do. But he says that God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. It's like, how often have you looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, God, I don't see what you're talking about. It's like, I see me. And, and I see you know, this, that, and the other thing. When, and you're talking about, you know, it's like the, the righteousness of God and, and, and all the stuff. Because he sees him when he looks at you. Because he, he sees his righteousness. And, and he sees the, the things that he did for you. So, so he's talking about Abraham here in verse 18. He says, Who against hope believed in hope, that he might be the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, and neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. So here's this old, old guy. I mean, you know, I'm not old, but I think about being a hundred, and it's like, oh, that, I just, I just think about how old I feel some days, and think I can't imagine being a hundred. <laughs> you know, and and uh, yeah. You know, and this this ninety year old woman who's, you know, long past the place where she would have had kids, and she never did, and, and it said that he staggered not at, at the, the promise of God. So, this thing that God said He was going to do, no amount of discipline on Abraham's part was ever going to make it happen. He'd get one of those little thermometers and keep track of her temperature and all that stuff and do all the math on the calendar and all that stuff. She was not going to have a baby. <laughs> she was not. And and uh, the, the two of them simply could not make it happen, but God said it was going to happen and it needed God to make it happen. And so that's what God does in us. You know? But Abraham accepted it. And Sarah accepted it, sort of, after she finished laughing. And you know, but the but the precious thing is is when you read about that in Hebrews, it doesn't say anything about Sarah laughing and God calling her on it and and all that. It just says that uh that by faith she received strength to conceive seed and all that stuff. So um but 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 Abraham accepted the thing that God was going to do, and he understood that it was going to be God that was going to have to do it because because he couldn't make it happen. So it said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. So so what about you? Is 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 he going to be faithful to complete the work that he started? You know, that's the great thing about God is He's not a quitter, and which is a really good thing because I'm one of those. Oh, this is hard. I'm, I'm done with this kind of people, <laughs> and um, 
uh, and yet God, uh, he, he gets in it for the long haul. And, and, and it's like, you know, I just, I was reading these scriptures together and just thinking, wow, it's like, okay, so God just is asking us to, uh, to just throw in all of our chips with him and to, to make him our choice and to just lay down that place of, of full surrender to him, just like Paul did. And like, before you know it, you're chained to the boat that's sinking. I mean, who knows how much fun that is? But but he knew that he was going to Rome, and because God told him he was going to Rome, he didn't know how he was going to get to Rome until he got arrested. And he thought, okay, well this this should be interesting. And uh, so you know, so uh, so much of of what God does in our life just comes down to uh, making up our mind that, that we're going His direction. And and that uh, you know, it doesn't mean that you have everything figured out. It doesn't mean that you you can do this. It means that that the power of God, you you're you're giving Him license to to get done what He wants to get done. And just like Paul, there will be times that you'll be thinking, "Can I change my answer? I kind of don't really like being chained to the boat. I was kind of hoping for you know." I was just kind of hoping maybe we would fly there, you know, and it'd be nice and comfortable and smooth instead of you know being chained to a boat that was sinking. But, uh, um, you know, but you know, he really is faithful to get the work done in us and to make us what he wants us to be, and and even that sense of of making up your mind, setting your face like a flint, even that comes from him. Because it's like, God, this is the decision that I'm making, and I feel like I can't say this to you. I feel, like, I feel like I couldn't actually tell you I'm making you my choice. I'm going to follow through on this. I'm going to do this because I know that you said don't don't make me promises you can't keep. Don't you? You can't even make one hair white or black you know, without Revlon. And uh, <laughs> thank you, but. Um, you know, and, and I wrestled with that for years. Like, God, I, I it's like I couldn't tell you that I, I'm I'm choosing you and that I'm gonna follow through on this stuff because I can't. Because I know that somewhere along the line I'm going to drop the ball, and I just I can't tell you that. And uh, and it's like I just realized one day it's like, well, yeah, but he can. It's like he's the one that, that does the follow through thing. It's like he just needs you to. Get on board. If you've ever been to Silver Dollar City and you climb all those stairs and you get on the time traveler and they put you in that little thing and it clicks down over your shoulders, you you don't. It's too late to get out. They like they they make it nice and scary because you're like ten stories up and they're like ringing like this gong. It's like you know this very menacing, scary sound as this thing slowly takes off and then drops you ten stories straight down. Um, it's awesome, but um, you know, once you once you you get strapped in, there's no getting off, you know. And uh, so, but you know, God knows how to get you to that place where where you get in and and you get the little thing clicked down over your shoulders, and now you're stuck in there. So, uh, and you'll you'll be glad you were stuck in there by the end. So, God, we just thank you so much.
for your power and your word, God. And I just I pray, God, that you would just touch every one of your people and with that that courage and that faith to uh, to set their face towards you, God, and to to throw in all of their chips with you, God, and to to trust you to get them safely through to the end of the road, God. I'm praying the same thing for myself, God. We uh, are just looking to you as the author and the finisher of our faith, God. You you started the project, God, and we we just want to keep making those those choices for you. God, we want to find ourselves just like Paul uh, on our way to Rome. God, we just we pray it in your name. God, uh, you have set that that destination of the cross for every one of us, God. But the the cross is is really just a stop along the way. God, because we're we're headed to we're headed to eternity with you. God, and we just we want to reckon ourselves dead, God, as we travel this road with you, and we just want to trust you, God, for the the, the power and the follow through, God, that that only your Spirit could provide. God, we we need you to do the things that you do in us. God, we just we pray it and ask it in your name. Now, God, I just pray that you would minister in this place today as only you can. God, that your presence would speak to every heart. God, you know every need in this place. God, and we're just asking you, God, to, to meet that need, God, because you are that great provision. God, and we just want to praise you today, glorify you. God, as only you can do, God, bring that increase. God, as you have planted your word in this, God, and you've watered it, God, I just pray you continue to do those things in, in every heart in this place. God, we ask it in your righteous name. Amen. Amen. All right.